Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good Monday morning. I hope that your Monday and the extended weekend for the 4th of July holiday is going well. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Be safe and try to stay cool. We'll have the weather for you in just a second, but it is going to be extremely hot still in several areas of the country. And I hope that if you're on your way to someplace tomorrow that you get there safely without too much travel hassle, despite what's happened the last couple of days and weeks regarding summer travel. Coming up on the program today, new interview with my friend Patty Armstrong. She's an author, a speaker, and a TV host, and she's also a regular contributor to the National Catholic Register. Her books, Dear God, I Don't Get It, her children's books, Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, both of them, published by our friends at holyheroes.com, have some new items in them. So they're reprinted, updated, and she's going to talk about how fitting these books are for young people, especially right now with the garbage that some of the public schools are trying to push on our young people, which is bringing us to the second segment of our program this morning on a Monday. We'll replay uh, an interview I actually shared, not an interview, but a piece I did in the local hour of the program that I think you'll find very interesting. Muslims on the East Coast not just parents, but school children speaking out against LGBTQ indoctrination. So this has been happening, as Patty mentions in the interview, in several areas of the country where people of other faiths are very concerned about how parents are being told that they can't opt their kids out of such programs. And they are speaking up because they're very concerned and with good reason. What does the weather look like across the country? Well, as we mentioned, it is very warm Excessive heat continuing for parts of the U.S. with risk of severe storms from the Tennessee Valley to the Mid-Atlantic. Dangerously hot weather continues for portions of the southeast, the Gulf Coast, the southwest, and the interior sections of California northward into Oregon. Meanwhile, several thunderstorms and heavy rainfall affecting parts of the Tennessee and Ohio Valleys, the Mid-Atlantic and the Northeast through tonight. Air quality, though, they say, will gradually improve across the Great Lakes and the Northeast as well. Again, hope you're having a great holiday break. We'll be back live with you on Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, but stay tuned for a great program. And right now, let's check the news on a Monday. Two people are dead. Dozens are hurt after a mass shooting in Maryland. The Baltimore mayor, Brandon Scott, says police still searching for the suspects. We will not stop until we find those cowards who decided to just shoot dozens of people, causing two people to lose their lives. And we're going to be here until we find them. Police also say they believe more than one gunman was involved. The shooting happening just after midnight Sunday morning at a block party in South Baltimore. Police say 30 people shot when someone opened fire on a crowd of hundreds, killing an 18-year-old woman and a 20-year-old man. Nine people were taken to local hospitals and three are in critical condition. And again, police say they're still searching for those responsible. Severe storms taking aim at parts of the south and northeast during the extended 4th of July weekend. More than 50 million Americans are at risk of experiencing thunderstorms. The weather threat spans areas such as Philadelphia, Baltimore, Charlotte, and Washington, D.C. with the strongest storms targeting Kentucky and Tennessee, including storms yesterday. 
And riots across France settling down briefly over the weekend after a teen who was killed by police was laid to rest. French police say a quiet and solemn crowd of several hundred gathered in a mosque in northwest Paris on Saturday for the funeral of the young man. The 17-year-old boy was shot in the chest by police last week while he was sitting behind the wheel of a Mercedes in a Paris suburb. His death triggering days of unrest across France. The president of France, Emmanuel Macron, has denied that there is a systematic racism existing in French law enforcement. And the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops praising the U.S. Supreme Court's unanimous ruling in favor of a Christian postal worker's religious freedom rights in last week's Groff versus DeJoy decision. In a statement released, the USCCB saying the ruling is breathing life back into a major civil rights law meant to prevent discrimination by employers against people of faith in the workplace. As Catholic News Agency reports, in its ruling written by Justice Samuel Alito, the court said federal law requires an employer that denies an employee a religious accommodation that they must show the burden of the accommodation will result in substantial and increased costs. Meanwhile, Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, chairman of the Bishop's Committee for Religious Liberty, saying, in so many ways today we see people of faith being told that they can only follow their religious beliefs in private or within the four walls of a church. But religious freedom, he added, means nothing if it does not extend to the public square, and the public square is better off when religion is welcomed there. Pope Francis says every Catholic who is baptized is called to be a modern-day prophet. The Pope making that message the focus of his address on Sunday at the Angelus to an estimated 15,000 people in St. Peter's Square. Francis saying a prophet is not a king or a magician who can tell the future. A prophet is a living sign who points out God to others. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie says he supports the Supreme Court's decision that allows a Christian web designer to refuse to create a same-sex wedding website. The government doesn't have the right to tell a business the nature of how they need to use their expressive abilities. The GOP presidential hopeful also said the ruling is not discriminatory. They can access this business. They just can't force the owner to do something that is against her personal religious beliefs. He made those comments over the weekend on CNN's State of the Union. Julie Ryan tells us a new Florida state law now in effect limits transgender access to bathrooms and locker rooms. The law makes it a crime for someone to use restrooms or locker rooms that don't align with their sex at birth. It applies to publicly owned educational buildings in Florida, as well as government buildings, correctional institutions, and all school changing facilities. I'm Julie Ryan. Former Vice President Mike Pence agreeing with U.S. support of Ukraine, but says Joe Biden has been acting much too slowly. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Pence adding that the Biden administration has not delivered on weapons it promised months ago. Pence saying he just returned from Ukraine where he met with the president, Zelensky. He praised Zelensky, the Ukrainian people, and the military, saying the reason Russia has gone from being the second most powerful military in the world to being the second most powerful military in Ukraine. And reaction continues to roll in recently to the court decisions, including the Supreme Court decision striking down Joe Biden's student debt forgiveness plan. One of the plaintiffs, Elaine Parker of the conservative group Job Creators Network, was very happy with that outcome. You know, we're very pleased that this ruling strikes down this illegal program. This is probably one of the most egregious examples of executive overreach in the history of of modern America. In a 6-3 decision, the justices ruling Biden overstepped his authority when he did not get authorization from Congress. The plan would have canceled $20,000 in loans for people who received Pell Grants, which is aid for low-income students or up to $10,000 for all other federal borrowers. 
And the head of the Drug Enforcement Administration is calling the crisis with fentanyl the most critical issue for the country today. Last year, over 110,000 Americans have died from fentanyl and methamphetamine poisoning. About 200 Americans are dying every day from fentanyl. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press yesterday, DEA Administrator Ann Milgram was, says what makes fentanyl even more dangerous is that it's made from chemicals and that the powder can be added to other drugs such as cocaine and heroin. United Airlines is giving 30,000 frequent flyer miles to travelers delayed by the massive flight disruptions over the past week. It was bad weather that started their issues, which included takeoffs delayed by as much as 75 percent for longer than eight hours in some cases from Sunday through Tuesday. United CEO Scott Kirby said the airline will have to cut or change schedules unless it can get more gates at its Newark Liberty International Airport hub. And finally, in our news segment, on a Monday morning, the day before July 4th, new sales numbers showing Americans, as Scott Carroll tells us, still love their fireworks. Just ahead of the 4th of July holiday, an industry group projects sales of fireworks will top $2.4 billion in the U.S. this year. The American Pyrotechnics Association says consumer fireworks retailers expect sales to increase by $100 million this year compared to last. A release from the group says fireworks are as American as baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. They also urge consumers to buy only legal fireworks and to keep a close eye on anything flammable nearby, such as dry brush or flammable chemicals. I'm Scott Carr. Stay tuned. More Catholic Connection coming up on your Monday in this long holiday weekend. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you in part by some of our underwriters at Ave Maria Radio. This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Mira Sorvino, inspired by the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. Sound of Freedom, rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling. 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. From the archives, this, this is the wisdom of Mother Angelica. The Eucharist is the one presence of Jesus that's real, 
It is the presence of God. He promised to leave. I will not leave you orphans. There is no comparison between the other presences of God. The presence of God is in his word. The presence of God is in me and you or you would dissolve into nothingness. The presence of God is in creation, in the air we breathe. But when that priest says, this is my body and this is my blood, that is the real presence of God. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. It is Jesus himself alive. For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. With so much going on in the world, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. What do you need to know today? Stay tuned to Cresta in the Afternoon and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio as we bring you the day's top stories and conversations from an authentic Catholic perspective. Dear God, I don't get it. Dear God, you can't be serious. Now, those two statements, I'm sure we all say a lot. I know I do. But they're actually titles of books by a dear friend of mine, a wonderful writer, speaker, and radio and TV host in her own right, Patty McGuire Armstrong. Her children's series republished as second editions with added discussion questions and a third one in the works. So, Patty, first I want to know about the third one that's in the works because this is exciting. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you know, the third one, this is, um, I need to sit down and just focus on it because writing fiction was something new for me after years of doing nonfiction. And it's going to be, uh, the kids are going to take a summer vacation with their grandparents. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of adventure. Um, I always try to include humor because that makes it more fun. Um, and, and lots of inspiration. But you know what? Sorry about the little beeping sounds here i'm on my own vacation so it should be perfect inspiration but yeah the third one i'm about halfway through and i get you know it's funny because when i wrote the first book that's all i was going to do was write a children's book and then i was invited into a classroom and the kids all wanted to know are you going to do another one please do another one i said oh hmm, let me think about this and pray about it so there was a second and now there's a third and uh ken davis at the uh, holy heroes told me he wants us to be a whole series just like you know the nancy drew mysteries and the hardy boys so we'll see i'm just doing one book at a time but don't you think though patty and and you're a parent and a grandparent that this is so important to provide really good fun clean resources for kids i mean i was doing a lot of coverage as you know the last couple of weeks regarding what's happening with in the schools i just did a whole editorial piece uh last week regarding muslims speaking out in maryland where the school board is circumventing laws that insist that parents must be given the option to opt out when they're providing uh, books or information regarding family and sexuality right and so what they did is they put the books that they're giving to kids in let's say kindergarten and preschool starting there and then going all the way up to I think the eighth grade they're putting them under the English category as opposed to the family and sexuality so they can get away with saying you can't opt out because I guess the law is is specific in that area and you've got all kinds of parents showing up and saying you can't force my kids to read this stuff they have we have a right to have an option if our children are going to be exposed to this it just seems that the kids are not having opportunities to be have the access to books like yours anymore. You know, they're not they having they don't have the opportunity to be kids. They're having this stuff shoved 
down their throats. And what's amazing, um, you and I are covering the same topics. I do it on a secular show, and I bring faith into it. And I listen to Catholic Connection all the time, and we are speaking the same language. And what's amazing that it isn't just in Maryland where parents are speaking out. It also was in California. Right. And a lot of the Muslim parents are now getting And in Michigan. Michigan, right here in Michigan, same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In Michigan, where a lot of times um, the Muslim population and the Catholic population have a lot of the same family values. So what's interesting that in Maryland... They weren't even saying don't have these books in the school, which they shouldn't be in the school. But they were just saying, wait a minute, we used to get to opt out. Now you're telling us we can't opt out. That's not okay. They just seem to be going, pushing further and further these agendas to really force people to accept it. That's why having these options with books like this are so important. So let's let's talk about how you came up with the idea, first of all, to do some children's books. You know, I probably have read well over a thousand children's books in my years, and there were some right away I knew, like, nah. Like, we, we had uh, bookshelves full of books, and then we also would go to the library, and there were certain ones that were just our favorites, Henry Huggins, Little House on the Prairie, that I would read. Because I have 10 kids, a lot of the books I read again, and a lot of the times the kids a lot of the readers, they would read on their own, but I would read to them too. So I wanted a book that I could enjoy. And so I think, and our family has, um, we like to have fun and everybody has a good sense of humor. So I included humor and it was um, music to my ears when I was working on the book and some of the kids were reading it and laughing out loud. (laughs) And, And that's what I've heard from parents, that their kids have read the books over and over again. And one thing that touched my heart and why I did a second edition and why we're going to continue with the series, I was selling something on Facebook Marketplace, and the mother was, it was an antique mailer, and the mother said, hey, are you the author of the Dear God books? Because my son read that over and over. And I said, wow, that just really, that means a lot to me because I'm just selling something on Facebook. And I asked for him, he has a little um, blurb in the second edition book, And what he said touched my heart. Well, that's what he said. He said, every time I read these books, they move my heart. And so the fact that he said every time and that he said they moved his heart. And another mother said, you know, in in the first book, Dear God, I don't get it. Um, Aaron is wondering. He's struggling with not having his answers uh, answers to his prayer in the way that he's asking. Plus, he finds out that his brother is praying for the opposite thing. So he's trying to make sense out of prayer. And then he's trying to make sense out of what is a hero. He knew some saint stories. He read about Johnny Appleseed in school and our saints heroes and our hero saints. And he decided he wanted to be a hero. But he went out about it the wrong way, looking for personal glory. And um, he started out by helping a neighbor carry the groceries in the house. And a mother contacted me and said her son went across the street and helped the neighbor carry his groceries in because he got the idea. I know. He got the idea because Aaron had done it in the book and that had never occurred to him before. So that's a book that we're talking about in terms of, Dear God, uh, I Don't Get It. But you also have, the second edition is out now, Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, which I, how many times, it's so funny about these titles, speaking of humor, is how many times do we say that? God, you can't be serious. I don't get it, right? Oh, absolutely, because it starts when you're a kid and you have a relationship with God and you're praying, and especially in the first book, 
the family had gotten more serious. This, by the way, is very much inspired by true stories. So I had a local school, fourth grade. Um, she would use them for her classroom. And, and one time, uh, Luke, who's a character in the book, was home from Guatemala, and I brought him into the classroom with me. And those kids were jumping out of their chairs, and they wanted to know, okay, what really happened? They want to know which parts of the book actually really did happen in our life. And, and the fun thing with fiction is you can go anywhere with it. Um, but they really were inspired by real events. And faith, you want to make your faith real. You want to make it real to kids. And I understood how challenging that could be when you tell your kids, God loves you, talk to God, he can always hear you, you can pray to him, but now we have to tell them what happens when you're asking God for something and you don't get it. Um, And things, they learn lessons like, you know, what I want isn't always the best thing, that when I surrender, things are going to work out better, and that when you try to control everything, that's when you get into trouble. So there's a lot of fun when you're writing a book with ways kids can get in trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're trying mm-hmm. to do their own thing. Right. Talking with author, speaker, and TV host Patty McGuire Armstrong, also a regular contributor, of course, to the National Catholic Register. Her books, Dear God, I Don't Get It, and Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, now in their second editions. So where do we find the books? What's the website, Patty, first of all? You can go to holyheroes.com. They have an amazing selection of books for families, kids, little math kids, um, all kinds of things. So um, if you really want wholesome, good reading, to counter it, to let kids be kids, and not only that, like, yeah, this is fun reading, but um, I wrote the Amazing Grace book series with Jeff Cavins and Matthew Pinto, yep. and they were bestsellers. Why were they bestsellers? Because we didn't preach. We drew people in with real-life stories. God is exciting. We don't have to make him more exciting. We don't have to always, I mean, homilies are great. Sermons are great. But we don't always have to follow up. Sometimes God acting in our lives is all the sermon we need. And so I kind of took what worked in the Amazing Grace series and integrated into this book where you're not stopping and giving kids lectures but they are learning as Aaron learns, as Luke and Tyler, as they go through the story and life is teaching them things alongside their faith, that is the lesson that's being learned. I'm not, I'm not saying, okay, now, kids, this is what you need to learn from this, this chapter. They, they're just having fun, and, and that's what I found in raising your kids is let those lessons integrate into their life. Let them experience yeah. them. So with Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, this is about Luke, a fifth grader, who learns that he's going to be homeschooled and wants to go back to school. He prays to go back to, to school with his friends, right? Yes, and it's, um, I want to be real careful. I, like in the first book, um, Aaron is adjusting to moving to a new school. It's a public school. And that's why in the third book, we're going on vacation. Because in the second book, he does not want to homeschool. And it's hilarious that, I mean, because it was like real life. It was hilarious in the ways he was dealing with it and coming to grips and ended ended up loving it. Um, but I don't want anyone to think, oh, this is for homeschoolers or this is not for homeschoolers. This really is about the story and about faith and the adventure of life and life with God. So I don't want anyone to put it in a box. And as a matter of fact, he stays friends with a good friend of his from the public school. 
And he tries to go back and visit on the playground, gets himself in trouble because they just live close to the school. But in, but in, and that's where the school was that we actually lived nearby. So I always knew where the geography, I knew what the characters would do. Um, but that is what happens, and that is what happened in our family. They had already gone to school. Aaron was, um, let's see, he had gone through sixth grade. Luke had gone through third grade. And um, Aaron loved the idea of homeschooling, and Luke was like, no way, you can't do this to me, um, and ended up loving it. But yeah, that is that is uh, the gist of it, and he's struggling. He's struggling with his parents too. That's why I think that parents have told me how much they enjoy this book because it really is a window into a world that they are living in right now, the kind of conversations and struggles that you might be having with your kids. Well, I think reality is is really important, and, and and people always say if you can be real, I mean, and sincere with people, as opposed to trying to put out this impression that you know life life as a person of faith is wonderful, and and all the prayers are going to be answered exactly the way you want them to be answered. That's not that's not reality. That's not life. And I think when you can relate to people, and you're drawing from your own experience as a mom and as a grandmother. I think that makes a difference and people can say, hey, okay, they understand me and so it draws them in. Right, and that um, you can keep going. Like a lot of times when we are up against struggles, when we're saying things like, you can't be serious and I don't get it, um, it feels like the end of the story and it helps people to realize this is a journey. Hang on. Um, It's not easy, but it's easier if you have someone to talk to and to pray to. Um, it, you can begin to make sense of things just in that way before you know what the ending is, because we never know what the ending is. But the older you get, that's why we have wisdom as we get older, because we start to realize, you know what, it's not the end of the story. Hang on. It's Hang on. The best right? is yet to come. Amen. More with Patty McGuire Armstrong on her Armstrong on her books, which are now in their second edition. Dear God, you can't be serious, and dear God, I don't get it. And you can check it out at holyheroes.com. More with Patty coming up next. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. What can we learn from a 102-year-old doctor? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. It turns out we can learn a lot. Dr. Gladys McGarry is 102. While her tips for a long, healthy, and happy life are not all faith-based, they are worth considering. The good doctor suggests we get nine hours of sleep a night. We spend time with loved ones and build community. This is what parish life can help us achieve, right? She wants us to find and keep finding purpose in life, even after age 100. She says we need to walk, to move more each day. Even at 102, her goal is 3,800 steps a day. She suggests we avoid smoking and drinking alcohol, too. She wants us to find more love and laughter in life. Further, be a good listener. Get a load of this. She says, listening without love is an empty sound, but listening with love is understanding. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. 
Ciao, amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tamio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. While we desperately need a return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store. We're having a great 4th of July holiday weekend, chatting with Patty McGuire Armstrong. Her books, Dear God, I Don't Get It, and Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, published by Holy Heroes, holyheroes.com. Now in their second edition, and Patty, before we get to what you added in the second edition, I do want to say that when I read these lines, Dear God, I Don't Get It, and Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, Sometimes people might think, oh, we're being disrespectful to God, but read the life of the saints. And of course, you know, my favorite is St. Teresa of Avila. And what does she say? If this is a way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. I mean, you know, <laughs> right? So she's a doctor of the church. I, that's one of my favorite lines, too. Um, I, I love it because I, I don't think there's anybody listening that hasn't gone through that more, way more than once over and over and over. You're like, really, God? <laughs> this is what you want? So, um, yeah, I think we can all relate, whatever our age. Absolutely. And that's why the, the titles are so, you know, just so down to earth and real. Okay, so what, what specifically is new about the second editions of these wonderful books? So what we did is at the end of every chapter, there are discussion questions. So teachers that want to use it in the classroom, and it works great because I've had teachers that use it for, well, we use it for English and religion. You know, they don't just put it into one subject. And for religion, the kids are like, wow, this is so much fun. And the teachers often say, hey, you got to put the book down. we got to go on to our next subject. Um, but it's an opportunity if you're reading them with your children, if your children are reading them on their own, because um, really, I, I read it to, to my grandkids um, in kindergarten. Well, he's not kindergarten yet. He's still preschool age. Um, but I, but they're specifically for grades three through six. But I've had teenagers. Um, Susan, who's the president of Heartbeat Records, said she took him away from her granddaughter who wouldn't go to sleep. <laughs> she didn't want to put it down. And she read it multiple times. And I thought, like, wow, that just touches my heart. So what we did was um, it's optional. Some kids just want to get on with the story. So whether they're reading them on their own or in a classroom or together as a family, there are discussion questions. Um, and also, I'll, I added vocabulary so that they could understand. Because you know how it is when you're reading. You're learning as you're reading. And when you read things in context, you actually are learning vocabulary. But I want to make sure that the messages aren't lost, that they understand um, some of the slightly bigger words, nothing nothing over um, ambitious for this age group. And then the discussion questions go deeper. And what I found in talking to kids in classrooms, they love that part because when you're reading a book, who doesn't relate it to their own lives? And so sometimes when you stop and reflect a little deeper and you ask questions, well, what would you do in this situation? And why do you think he, why did he say that? And um, what do you think he was feeling? Um, have you ever had this particular situation? Did you ever feel like you wanted to belong or you did something only because you wanted to belong? So there are those kinds of questions that as you're nurturing your children, you want to impart lessons, but it's not just lecturing. You want them to think about it. And they're reading a good example. They're reading um, true-to-life examples and stories 
maybe they've laughed, maybe they've gotten nervous in that chapter or felt bad and stressed out for like the, the, the main character. But those are real emotions. And, and I really try to write so that the reader is getting emotional as they go along. And so now mm-hmm. we want to personalize it if they want. Nobody has to stop and do the discussion questions because you can move right along to the next chapter. Um, but if they want to, they can stop and reflect a little bit so that they kind of are integrating this into their life. They're not just reading it and walking away, but like, what does it mean to have faith? What does it mean to pray? And then if they go along their life and they're encountering a lot of these same things, you know, they're going to have a little different perspective or have already thought about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. See, I think discussion questions are just, you know, Q&A at the end of a chapter. I try to always include them because you and I, you know, being in the media and with media backgrounds and whatnot, we know how much information people consume. And, and there were some studies that came out, and Vanessa Denhagarmo and I were talking about this in some reports, about how people are, just react so quickly. They don't think, they don't reflect. And this has happened because they're just so overwhelmed with all the media, and they spend 12 and a half hours a day now with media, including TV and social media, all kinds of stuff. But I think having to stop and actually think about what you just read, recall it, and even do some sort of, especially if you, if maybe there's scripture references in there, what we would call in the church, Alexio Divina, because Patty, we don't stop and reflect enough anymore. And unfortunately, if adults are doing that, you know, it's even worse for kids who are so consumed by media so much of the time. Absolutely. And surveys have come out just recently. There was a study that came out that said kids are less happy. Teenagers are less happy than ever before. Um, but like you say, they've got the social media. They're just like, you know, going from one thing to the next. And so start when they're young to get them to stop, reflect, um, slow things down. Don't, because it also, um, your brain has developed in a way that um, MRIs have shown high-speed Internet has affected our connections in our brain, and reading gives deeper connections in the brain. Right. So just the act right. of reading at all is really healthy for the brain and stirs creativity but then also stopping and reflecting a little bit and thinking it about it and personalizing it, it starts to be integrated into the kids' personal development and the parents, too. A lot of these parents are reading the books with their kids like I used to do. We read every single night and oftentimes during the day, and so those stories were touching me, too. So I wrote a book that I would want to read. Um, so I really had high right. standards because I wanted to be I, – I had read – so many books. I didn't want something that anybody was going to toss aside and not pick back up. Well, I love Little House on the Prairie, both the books and the TV show, but I also loved another classic. I'm sure you're familiar with it if you're my age, but there's a movie made. It's a, quite an old story. There's a wonderful movie made, a classic film with Dorothy McGuire and, and Joan Blondell called A Tree Grows in Brooklyn based on the book. I don't know if you ever read that, but maybe Absolutely. it's because I'm from the East Coast, but that was a great book, right? That was a book that dealt yeah. with the reality of life and, and in the turn of the century and this little girl and her father. And it was just a, a beautiful story of, of coming of age and so well handled. And of course, I love The Little House on the Prairie because the, the main character was a writer and just that whole ex- experience of hers. And, and that, you know, you watch those shows now and they really are, and you go back to those books, they're timeless. You know what's so funny, Teresa, is we have the TV and we don't watch much TV. I just, you know, I like to watch crime shows. But anyway, um, I guess coming from Detroit and knowing what the latest <laughs> was, I always kind of, but you know, why did I have a degree in social work? So I like to look deeper. I really like to explore and know yeah. what's going on. Um, but I saw 
an old little house on the prairie came on the TV. So when you talk about it being timeless, and that's, I mean, these, the books that I've written are timeless. Um, I used to love, I don't know if you ever read uh, Beverly Clearly. I loved her writing and Henry mm. Huggins and Little House on the Prairie. We loved that so much. What often happens is because it was based on a true story is that we looked deeper about other books. We um, explored her life, read biographies, because you really want to capture, like, the world that she lived in and those values. Right. And they are timeless. And you know what? Childhood is timeless. That's why we shouldn't mm-hmm. be shoving all this stuff in their faces that don't belong there. Let them be children. Um, you know, humanity hasn't changed that much. We still need that that quiet time, that play, that imagination. And this is something that, that really, really um, goes into that and just gives kids that chance. Well, Patty, you've done a beautiful job, and thanks for giving us a second edition. I can't wait for the third book to come out. Dear God, I Don't Get It, second edition now available, and along with Dear God, You Can't Be Serious, holyheroes.com from our friend Patty McGuire Armstrong. We'll be right back on Catholic Connections. Stay tuned. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. We're just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home Podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't Can't wait wait to to see see you there. there. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the president of some country or something. You might get a lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have And we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize his presence. And in proportion, as we believe that he is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hello, my name is Francesca. Hello, my name is Liliana. And we're missing to Aunt Teresa. Welcome back, Catherine.
about the connection. Hope you're having a great day. Very interesting story that's been developing the last couple of weeks, actually since uh, May, when many parents in a Maryland school district are speaking out against this forcing of students to accept LGBTQ learning, so to speak. I mean, just saying generally what's going on, but it's a developing story. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a recent case where they did file a lawsuit, and you can find it on the Beckett Fund at beckettlaw.org, a group of parents filing a federal lawsuit against the Montgomery County Board of Education for mandating storybooks that push extreme ideology regarding gender identity and sexuality. Now, according to the Beckett Fund, Maryland law and the school board's own policies require parental notice and opportunity to opt out of any instructions concerning family life and human sexuality. Now, the problem is arising, according to the school board and according to the parents, is because somehow, somewhere, and if you look at some of the other reports that are out there, the narrow opt-out policy does cover family life and human sexuality content, but the books, interestingly enough, and how did this happen, are part of an English language arts curriculum and are not eligible for exemption. That's according to the district. So somebody in the district decided we're going to put these in a different category. At least that's how it seems. So they can't try to opt out. Well, that's not working. And what I think is is so powerful is so many people from all walks of life, different religions are saying, basta, this is enough. So we talk about the word projection that I mentioned earlier. This has been the rule in terms of the extremist agendas for decades, especially when it comes, for example, to issues like abortion. Think about the semantics. They claim that they're all about choice, and they say that we limit choice if we are pro-life. However, it's just the opposite, because abortion supporters only offer we know one choice. They refuse to budge, saying it's an all-or-nothing issue, suppressing so many efforts, informed consent, parental notification, waiting periods. Look what just happened with Proposal 3 in Michigan. They refer to abortion as part of reproductive health when it's actually just the opposite. They know that they're not being reproductive or healthy deep down. So that's why they project and say, we're about reproductive health. You're about hurting women when just the opposite is true. And how many more studies do we need, folks, to realize that a majority of women who choose abortion, quote unquote, say they felt they had no choice in the matter and were pressured to have an abortion? Over 60% in one recent study that came out reaffirming the fact that women don't feel they are really choosing freely when they choose abortion. So this is all about projection. You're the bigots. You're the bad people. And it's just the opposite now with these Muslim parents speaking out and saying, enough is enough. So they had a school board meeting last night and several Muslim parents took to the microphone as did some children. So here's a part of the first video. It's six minutes long, so I'm going to have Andrew pot it it down probably about three minutes into it. But listen to the great points these Muslim parents are making about being isolated, being discriminated against, when the school board is also projecting, claiming that they're being so open and exclusive. Take a listen. Bismillah. Good afternoon. I'm Samir Munshi. I work with the Coalition of Virtue, a Muslim-led nonprofit based here in Maryland, and I want to address the board on the issue of opt-out. I firstly want to acknowledge, like Sister Hussein did, that today is the day of Arafah. It's the holiest day of the year for Muslims, and many of us are fasting, yet we came out to stand in the rain and to voice our concerns because for us, this is genuinely an issue of faith, not hate. And we reject the implication that acting on our faith's principles is a willful means of harming others. 
In fact, we see it as a point of bigotry that some only care for our community and will only protect our rights when we assimilate to their way of life and ways of thinking. Just like it's a point of bigotry when some refuse our women's right to wear hijab and to pray, condemning us for our views on this issue is in, in itself another act of bigotry like the ones Muslims and immigrants have faced in this country for years. The same religion that causes Muslims to care about environmental justice, food insecurity, or ending anti-Black racism is the same religion that causes us to care about this issue. Our faith is not partisan, and our people are not backwards. Part of the American dream of our people is that they pass on their values to their children. But members of this school board have mocked our values and have said we cannot be allowed to opt our children out precisely because they want to end that dream. Our constitutional right to religious freedom and to raise our children precisely protects that dream. Many of our families don't have much of a choice whether to place their children in this public setting. So we asked that we at least have a choice uh, for our children not to be forced to participate in celebrating or normalizing views that contradict our religion. These children will learn about same-sex couples and trans-identifying people, whether, they're whether they learn these things in school or not. And the conversations that they will have with these members of our community will serve as education on these matters later in their lives. But we're asking that our children not be strong-armed at such a young age into believing certain ideas about gender and sexuality, or that the school system insist on turning our children against the religious values that we hold. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Zion Big. I've been here a long time. I've been I've been here since this first Parents happened. In terms of what they're trying to say. Here. I mean, they, they were so articulate and so clear in just the opposite taking place. So the school board is actually saying, oh, you know, we're being so inclusive. We want to embrace and, and, you know, we're so open. Again, this whole thing of projection. How interesting that we're talking about this on the Feast of St. Irenaeus and the gospel for today from Matthew seven fifteen through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. So they come as people of peace, right? This school board and so many of these other folks, including one of the officials with the health department, quote unquote, Rachel Levine, who's a man who supposedly transitioned to become a woman and is now pushing not only for wrapping up Pride Month, but summer of pride. So not one month, not two months, but three months, apparently, that we have to sit through this agenda being forced down our throats. But thank God that these parents are standing up. Now, one of the school board members, as I mentioned, you talk about false prophets. This is what they do. They project, and just like in the wonderful documentary done by EWTN, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, of course, based in on this gospel passage, they claim that they're coming in peace, but they always, always do the name-calling, the insults, and try to marginalize you and me for our views. Now, this particular board member is starting to get really nervous because she's trying to associate the Muslim parents who came to the board meeting with white supremacists. And she says, well, maybe the people here really aren't part of the white supremacists, but it seems like this. After she speaks, she'll listen to some very articulate young people saying enough is enough as well. Take a listen. This issue has unfortunately put, it does put uh, some not all, of course, but some Muslim families on the same side of an issue as white supremacists and outright bigots. And, you know, there. however, the folks who I've talked to here today, I would not put in the same category as those folks, although 
you know, it's again complicated because they're falling on the same side of this particular issue. Hi, my name is Todd Bake. I'm a middle school student of MCPS. I'm here to talk about the opt-out option for reading material. I'm not here to take away the right of anyone being recognized in the community. I'm here to talk about my rights. My religion teaches to respect all religions and all human beings and their rights. So does my country law. And I want my right back to have an opt-out option. In the last Board of Education meeting, someone said that many people of the LGBTQ community are being bullied. That may have been the case some time ago, but these days it's quite the opposite. There are over 40 kids that I know who don't want to learn this and really want to be here talking today, but can't because they are being bullied. They are the ones being bullied when they say we don't want to learn this. Although the introduction of texts and discussions related to transgenderism and LGBTQ plus lifestyle may support MCPS's mission to be all inclusive regardless of race, gender, and identity, I don't believe my first grade and third grade cousins are prepared to read and discuss about such issues at MCPS. The issue of gender and sexuality are influenced by our faith, and we should not be caricatured as intolerant. And all and our faith perceived to be subversive because it doesn't align with your beliefs. Intolerance of the faith community threatens to erode support for religious freedom, therefore eroding the benefits it provides for everyone, religious and non-religious. Pluralistic societies that value human dignity and do not view faith communities as a problem to be eliminated will only thrive and prosper. I respectfully request the restoration of the opt-out option at MCPS. Thank you. Takbir. Good for them for speaking up. And wasn't it interesting how that school board member was stumbling over her own words? Well, they're, they're, they're kind of in the same group as the white supremacists and the bigots, but they're really not, not the people here today. But then it's complicated because maybe they are. So what are they? Are they bigots or not? See, they're all about inclusivity as long as the Muslims and other minority groups agree with them. Once they don't agree with you, then you are a bigot, you are a racist, you're a white supremacist. Look what they're doing to Tim Scott. For example, the women at The View, how they raked him over the coals and said, he just, he, he's a black person that just doesn't get it. He's one of those, I got to pull myself by my, up by my own bootstraps, you know, like the Clarence Thomases of the world, as if that's a bad thing. But this is what the wolves in sheep's clothing do. They project and they name call. And they marginalize when they're claiming that they're the ones who are being so inclusive. So we're talking about, as that one young man said, babies being exposed to this stuff, okay? And all the parents want is an opt-out. That's it. So according to the Beckett Fund, they're representing the Muslims who filed the suit. The new inclusivity books were announced last fall for students in pre-K, pre-K through eighth grade. But rather than focusing on basic principles of civility and kindness, the books promote controversial ideology around transgender men focused excessively on children's romantic feelings. For example, one book tasks three and four-year-olds. Yes, you heard correctly, three and four-year-olds to search for images from a word list that includes intersex flag, drag queen, underwear, leather, and the name of a celebrated LGBTQ activist and sex worker. But we're the bigots, we're the supremacists, we're the problem, as are our brothers and sisters who testified at that school board meeting last night and have been outside speaking up for true religious freedom and true inclusivity. I think we could take a great lesson today in all of this. It's not just Catholics and other Christians are impacted, but people of many other religious persuasions that are very concerned about this issue. The wolves in sheep's clothing are being called out. And I love the fact that these young people are up there saying, no, uh-uh. 
we're the ones being bullied. Deal with it. And then the parents saying, we have religious freedom. That's one of the reasons we came to this country. And we are going to defend it. Good for them. Speak up as St. Irenaeus did and be not afraid. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program is brought to you in part by some of our underwriters at Ave Maria Radio. This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Mira Sorvino, inspired by the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. Sound of Freedom, rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent, to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band, and I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church. And I was just a child, but I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. You know, I have a very hard time sometimes, and I'm so frustrated. I mean, frustrated, frustrated. Somebody says, how'd you do all this, Mother? I say, I didn't. And they look at me. Huh? The Lord did it. God does everything. Without me, he said, you do nothing. For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. Thanks 
You're tuning in to the EWTN and the Ave Maria Radio Networks. Find us both online, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. In addition to the archives, you'll find daily at the archives section of AveMariaRadio.net. I always want to encourage you for news and views from a truly Catholic perspective, please visit our news sources. It's so important to make sure that you are seeing things through the lens, as Al Cresta always says, of Scripture and the teachings of the Catholic Church. So how do you do that? Well, my faves, Catholic News Agency, I use them every day, catholicnewsagency.com, the National Catholic Register, ncregister.com. And then, of course, there are great programs here on the EWTN network that help you take a look at the news, again, through a Catholic perspective. You have The World Over with News Director Raymond Arroyo. You have EWTN News Nightly every single night covering all the stories. In the U.S. and around the world, you have In-Depth. It's a relatively new program looking at issues in-depth from the news perspective. So just to keep that in mind, when you see something out there in the news or in the world and you're troubled by it, come to us. We've got the resources. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.